Welcome to the Titans Amy and Coach Mac podcast presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. Meet great health care coverage with an affordable price tag. Let Farm Bureau Health Plans coach you through it. They've been protecting Tennesseans for 75 years. I'm Amy Wells. Thank you for listening to the Titans Amy and Coach Mac podcast. Mac, of course, is here. Mac, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Looking forward to this podcast. Looking forward to this game coming up this weekend. So let's go. Let's go. The Titans are coming off of a loss to the Philadelphia Eagles. They are now 7-5 and five this season. They're still 3-0 and oh in the division. And if the playoffs started today, the Tennessee Titans would be the number three seed and would host the Cincinnati Bengals. So same as last week, we are continuing forward. The Titans have had a tough stretch. I think that's the best way to say it. The game against the Eagles was a tough one. Things just didn't go the Titans' way for a variety of reasons. And then the Titans part ways with their general manager, John Robinson. Mac, after two losses and a just a hard week overall, how do you keep your team focused and motivated through a stretch like that? Well, you just said it. I mean, you had a division game coming up. Because, you know, the National Football League is, is full of a lot of ups and downs and there are some things that are going to happen they're going to be you know very they're going to be uh, very disruptive throughout the season but the the other the thing about the national football league is is the season doesn't it never stops it doesn't stop i mean this is a train that is on a very very tight schedule and it continues to move very very quickly okay so the game is coming up and and yes you go back and you dissect the ball game in, in, in Philly, and, and there's reasons that the Titans lost that game, mainly self-inflicted, you know, in all three phases. And that, that's, that's something that you can correct. Uh, with the John Robinson situation, that's a decision that was made. And so you take that for what it is, but you have to move forward because the timing of the way you prepare for this game for the Jacksonville does not change because of either one of those circumstances. You've got to get ready for this game. You mentioned 3-0 in the division. This is an important division game on Sunday at home. You need to win this football game. So everything for the players and the coaches has to be pointed towards that event. Does the urgency of a division game and the familiarity with this opponent help make all of the outside noise feel a little bit more ancillary, make it easier to focus in? Well, I, I think the, the division game, you've got to be focused, especially this late in the season. Because now, I mean, this is this is a critical game numerically as far as to what's going on. You mentioned the being 3-0. and This puts you 4-0 and in the division. And, and then your division teams start losing. All of a sudden, the separation that you have becomes greater. That's what you're looking for, to be able to secure a spot in the tournament. But you can only do it one week at a time. The last two weeks have been losses. You need to get a win. We started this season out 0-2, regrouped, ran off five in a row. Now we need to run off one in a row, and that's Sunday against Jacksonville. So in light of it being Jacksonville week, and because if you're in Nashville right now, it's been a very dreary couple of days. The weather's kind of got me in an ick. Coming off of a loss sucks. Like, it, there's just a lot of kind of blah around right now. So I went through and I picked out some bright spots for the Tennessee Titans as they're heading into the Jacksonville Jaguars. So um, I think we should just run through these. Well, first of all, I'm sorry that you're feeling ick. I mean, that doesn't sound good. Well, doesn't the weather kind of make you feel meh? No, not at all. And also, uh, I'm I'm sorry that you feel blah. I don't like you feeling blah. So give me something that will make you feel bright because I feel great. Let's go. (laughs) Yeah, 
I need to feel bright and cheery. Mac, I had Christmas movies going in my office because I am looking for some just joy and some jingle, however I can get it. And so, Christmas movies will do that for you. Yeah, they really do. It's rather nice. So here are some of my bright spots for the Tennessee Titans getting this train back on the tracks. Ryan Tannehill has only thrown four interceptions in 2022. Tannehill has gone back-to-back weeks without throwing any interceptions. His longest streak this season is four consecutive games with no interceptions. Here's the interesting part. His interception rate is .054%, which is the second best in the league following only Tom Brady. Mac, given all the things that Ryan Tannehill has had to deal with this season – that's pretty impressive, right? No, it's a huge bright spot. I mean, you started out with a really bright spot, and that's tremendous. And at least that gives you a chance. The other thing that, that, that is impressive to me about that, these last two ball games, we have been in a situation where the score has been separated on us, where we've had to throw to come back, and to still be able to maintain the football and maintain control of the ball and not get an interception when the, your opponent knows when your opponent knows that you have to throw the football, that's impressive. And that means that Ryan Tannehill is is in control of this offense. It also means that he's making really, really good decisions, which is going to be real important from here on out to the end of the season for him. Ryan Tannehill is also 5-0 and against the Jags. Well, this is a different Titans team every year you play. Now, I'm not saying you're just – any people because you're Titans, Amy. No, it's too late. You uh, you were about to just call me people, and that's fine. Continue with your thought. B- but you I'll know, tell you when, if I'm offended later. When when I don't ever want to offend you, but I'm going to say whenever you know, say, well, there's so and so against this against this team, and, and that is a fact. But it's also history, and it's also not relevant to what goes on in the present in the National Football League. But go ahead. Well, then you're not going to like the remainder of my bright spots, but I will persist. Derrick Henry is really good against the Jags. You want to know how good? I'm going to tell you. Derrick Henry has faced the Jags in 11 games and has 1,143 rushing yards, which is second most in NFL history. Second to who, you ask? Eddie George. He has 1,266 yards rushing against the Jags but that's in 16 games well now I've been present for a lot of those games as you have too I've been present for a lot of Eddie George's games I've been present for most all of these games and that is a fact and that that part of it that is history is very very clear that the Titans have been able to run the ball on the ground against the Jacksonville Jaguars regardless regardless of what setup the Jags have been in. So, I would love for that to continue. Well, here's how else Derrick Henry is really good against the Jags. Derrick Henry has 14 rushing touchdowns versus Jacksonville. That is most by any player in NFL history. Against a single team? Against a single team. Well, and again, that's something that's significant. All right, let me tell you another thing. you got a lot of significance. I am trying to bring some bright... Happy joy. I told you I was bright, happy to begin with. So yeah, well, let's you're, go. you're really kind of blowing some of these up. So let's be more positive here. Derrick Henry has 130 or more rushing yards and at least two touchdowns versus the Jags in four of his last six games. Mac, 
I guess with all of these, what I want to know is why do some players just seem to have success against certain teams? Well, first of all, it's a division opponent, and you play them twice a year. And when you play them, clearly the Titans have been better than the Jacksonville Jaguars as a team in any of these games. That's usually what happens. And also, when you play them twice a year, if you have success doing something against a team the first time, Normally, you will go back to that and see if the team that you have, in this case, rushed for a lot of yardage against will do something to rectify it on their part. And if they haven't, then you will continue to do what you've done. This is the first time we've played them this year. It's the first time we've played this iteration of the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Titans need to be the Titans themselves, talking about running the football, to get Derrick Henry some traction. He has not had any traction in the last three weeks at all. So, what you're bringing up, I really want to see on Sunday. And that kind of leads me to my next question because, of course, the Titans need to establish the run game early. They need to get Derrick Henry going in ways that they haven't these last couple weeks. But you have to anticipate that the Jags are also aware of my joyful little notes here. And um, you have to assume that they are going to attempt to stop King Henry from doing those things. So what can the Titans do to ensure that they are actually able to get Derrick Henry going? You got to block them. You got to block them. That's all there is to it. Uh, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars still just get 11 on defense, correct? That's true. How many, last I checked. How many eight-man fronts has Derrick Henry seen this year? A ton. At every game. It'll be the same this game. Everybody that comes in to play Derrick Henry this season has – even if it's not in their nature, they have loaded the box up to stop Derrick Henry. So you ask me what you have to do. There is no magic formula. There is no magic wand you can pull out for eight-man fronts. You've got to block them. You've got to block them, and you've got to get movement. And It's got to be the people up front. It's got to be the tight ends. It's got to be the receivers. Everybody's got to do their part. Derrick Henry can't do anything, Amy, until he can get to his fourth step. You've got to get him to his fourth step. You've got to block people. I mean, there is no magic run scheme that says, that's an eight-man front, we'll do this run scheme, and it'll take care of everything. you got to block people. All right, here's my final piece of joy here to bring for all of us. Since the start of the 2020 season, the Titans have a 13-2 and record against division opponents. That is a .867 winning percentage, and it's the best in the National Football League when it comes to division matchups. That's right. The Tennessee Titans are number one ahead of who you ask? Why the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills. They are coming in at number two. The Titans have a higher divisional win percentage. It's important to dominate your division. That's a, that's a very, very relevant stat because the fastest path to the tournament is dominate your division. That's what the Titans, they're, so far, you've told us early in this podcast that they're 3-0 and in the division. They've got to be 4-0 at the, at the end of the ball game on Sunday. That's a must. Do you feel brighter than you already did? Oh, no. I felt really bright coming in. If I get any brighter, I don't know what will happen. I might explode. <laughs> well, that's good. I feel a little bit brighter, although I wish it would stop raining. It's just dreary, Mac. No, it's really not. We need the rain. And this kind of this kind of a soaking rain is exactly what you need. And it really is exactly what you need if you understand what's going on out west in our country where they've got no water. So Well, they need this, the rain. This, this I don't need it. They do. Well, you, you can't tell where you want the water to go. This is very, very good for us right now. 
It just makes me sad. No, I don't want you to be sad. You've got no reason to be sad. You know, no reason to be sad. In fact, what you probably need to do is just carry around a little picture of the sun with you when you walk outside. Look at it. And you'll feel better. You know what I asked Santa for for Christmas? What? A sun lamp. One of those little seasonal depression lamps. That's true. And, and guess what? Santa has those. I know. He does. He has those. He keeps those at the North Pole a lot. I'm really excited. He keeps I, those I at the North I Pole. I hope I get it. Because a lot of the elves like those lamps, too. They probably have seasonal depression, too. Well, they don't, but they're working really hard this season, so they need some, they, they like feeling better. Well, see, uh, anyway, we're coming off the rails. Let's talk about the Jags a little bit. Let's really get into this. They're 4-8 and eight so far this season. That record does not seem to entirely reflect what they are able to do because, Mac, it seems like – this team is really finding their footing in the second half of this season. Yeah, especially since week nine. From week nine on, I mean, you're correct. You know, they very much have – and it started with their quarterback. Their quarterback has been very, very successful from week nine to week 13. He's done a very, really good job. He's in the top five in the, in the league as far as quarterbacks. Any type of passing percentage, he's right at 72% completions, which is number two in the, in, the, in the league for week nine through 13. He's done a really, really good job of protecting the football. Uh, he's got seven touchdowns to zero interceptions from week nine to week 13. And, and he's, the, he's the motor that makes all of this go. He is looking now like the franchise quarterback that they drafted because let's just be honest, his, his rookie year was really a wash because of some real dysfunction that was going on around him. This season, especially towards the end that we're talking about now, the last five weeks, he's looked like and played like and has been a franchise quarterback. So all that to say we cannot let him get hot because right now he's on a pretty good hot streak. Do you think it's because the sun is shining in Florida? Well, I think because they've gotten a lot of rain down there and things are growing and it's green, <laughs> just like it will be around here. Things aren't going to grow. It's cold outside, Mac. Oh, they're growing. Oh, my goodness. You're clearly from the desert. Where have you seen the biggest improvement in Trevor Lawrence? Uh, his, just, his, his perception of what's going on. He's got a command of it. You know, normally uh, taller quarterbacks, they're stationary quarterbacks. He's not. He's a tall quarterback that can move and he can manipulate the pocket very well. He's got, he's got one of the better arms in the league. He's got a big-time arm. Any area of the field he can throw to. He can also throw on the run very well. He's got nice touch. I mean, this guy is a franchise quarterback. We said it when he was drafted, number one down there. And he's starting to be able to play like it. Plus, he's got some support around him now, both from the coaching staff and from the people that are around him. This guy's a legitimate quarterback in this league. And – as I said, since week nine, he's really been playing like it. He's got a big-time arm, and he's able to throw to some players who are able to make some big-time plays, right? Oh, yeah, he's got some, he's got some real players. Let's talk, about, let's talk about the guys that he has. The biggest guy that they brought in, the, the receiver that they brought in, Christian Kirk, big free agent signing, he's playing up to that, to that big signing. I mean, he's a slot, he's a slot player that can, he can run. He's got all the nuanced routes. He's got speed. He's got com, he's got con, combat catch ability. He's got contact balance. He can go up and pluck the ball in the air. This Christian Kirk is a problem for you. Zay Jones has been there. He's a nice complimentary piece to what's going on. And then Marvin Jones Jr. When they're in eleven personnel, that's their three wideouts. But their tight ends. Evan Ingram is a big part of this passing game. Big, big part of it, all right? And so, but the other name that, that he uses a lot, and he's very familiar with him because they both were number one picks out of Clemson the same year for Jacksonville as Travis Etienne. 
And Travis Etienne has been a big, big part of what they're doing too. So he's got better people around him. And I think now, you know, uh, with Doug Peterson down there, he's he's figured out a way to to configure the offense around the quarterback's strengths. So they're, they're – they are playing really good offensive football right now, and it starts with the quarterback, but it goes with all of these other guys I just mentioned. So for the Titans' defense, what is their number one priority or key to containing this offense? Well, first of all, you, 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 you've you got to be able to win on first down because you cannot let them get ahead of you on the chains because then you're playing 50-50, you're, you're in conflict downs on defense. That's a problem. Number two is you're going to have to be able to pressure this guy. It's really going to be important to pressure him and to squeeze him inside in the pocket, not give him a chance. Christian Kirk is a really good receiver, but he needs room and time to operate. You go, we're going to have to pressure him. And, and to, the, the other thing is, uh, Amy, we, we can't afford – the last two ball games we've let the score get separated – against us in the ball games and you can't do that that is never works in your favor and so defensively you've got to be able to to get them off the field and steal some possessions for our offense let's flip over to the defensive side of the ball what kind of defense are they running and why is that working so well for them michael caldwell's their new defensive coordinator he played linebacker for me at, at arizona he's been with todd bowles for, for a lot of his career, so he's taken a lot of that defense. It's a multiple front. You'll see four and five man fronts out of him. You will see an eight man front just because of you know the way we're the way the the, the Titans are built offensively. But what he he does when he was a player, he was like this. I can see these facets in his defense. He he was always very technique and and sound, and he always there was a pattern always to the way he approached the game, the pattern, the way that he's calling ball games, you can see what he really wants to do is gang up on you on first down, force you into some second and, and third and long really situations. Then you'll start seeing a variety of, of coverages and pressure. So we've got to stay ahead of the chains against him. because And Michael Caldwell is also a guy that uh, as a player, he, he didn't panic. He didn't have any panic to him. As a defensive signal caller, he doesn't have any panic to him. You don't see him all of a sudden, if you're successful for several plays, just go off the rails and start reaching in a grab bag to start doing some things. He'll pretty much stay to his script and let his players just play to their strengths. Tell me about their linebackers. Is there someone who's really made an impression on you as you've been prepping for this matchup? Yeah, Foy Oluokon is a guy they got from – from. The, I mean, he's a tackling machine. They, he signed as a free agent from the Atlanta Falcons. This guy's making – I mean, he makes he, he makes just nearly every every tackle. Devin Lloyd is one of their other linebackers that they have. But Oluokon is a guy that uh, we're going to have to block. He's number 23. He is someone that you are going to have to get a hat on on every level. He's a really good kin diagnosed linebacker. Uh, he's added a lot to their defense. There are people up front that you look at and you think, well, these guys are – Josh Allen is, 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 a, is a big edge guy that's a problem. Their number one draft pick, Trayvon Walker, is the guy that you're going to have to deal with. They've got a guy named Arden Key that plays quite a bit. They've got, they've got some athletes. I, I, like, I like their foot athlete and their in-space ability. But the thing that you have to be able to do is you have to try to line up and bully ball them a little bit and, and make them anchor down to play the run so that you can open up some space behind them. So this matchup has the potential to be a pretty good game at Nissan Stadium this Sunday. 
Well, the Titans need to make it a good game. They need to make it a good game for themselves. That's what they need to do. And, again, it's a, this is a big game for them. Doug Peterson's trying to establish himself down there now in his first year. This would be a huge feather in their cap this late in the season to, to be able to come up here and to be successful against the Titans, who have a, a, a nice substantial lead at this point in this division. So yeah, this is going to be a this is going to be a game that is going to it it will have the attention of everybody involved in it, I promise you. Titans take on the Jags this Sunday at Nissan Stadium. Kickoff for this game is at noon. Good news, coach Mack. More good news. It's Spirit Week at Nissan Stadium. Great. Do you know what that means? Sure, a lot of spirit. <laughs> well, yes, a lot of spirit. It also means that the Nolansville marching band is going to be there. They'll be performing at halftime. We will, of course, have the largest student section in the National Football League, as we do every year for Spirit Week. And it's just a celebration of all things spirit and school spirit. And there will be some high school football recognition in there. It, it's just a fun day at Nissan Stadium. Well, you and I were at Nissan Stadium earlier in the week with Mr. Football, you know, that celebrates all of the, the top football players in, in the state of Tennessee. Uh, it was a, a fantastic event. Fantastic event. Josh Corey, that's that's his baby. He runs it, and it was over 450 people attending. Parents, the the players. I mean, I really I really enjoyed it. And so, any time that you can get, you know, I'm a I'm a big advocate of high school football. I, I love the high school football here in the state of Tennessee. Any time we can get that kind of spirit in the stadium, along with our great Titans fans, I'm all for it. That's why I said. I'm for spirit in the stadium. <laughs> well, I'm glad you support spirit in the stadium. It's going to be a lot of fun. So we look forward to seeing everyone out there this Sunday. Again, kickoff for that game is at noon. And according to weather.com, there's going to be some sun at the game. High of 56, folks. You are welcome. No, that's, that'll be great. And what that means is, too, is that you'll be on the sideline. You'll be happy. You won't have to bring your sun lamp with you. You'll be, you'll be in great, great shape. I like that when you're happy during the game. Yeah, you know, I do, too. Um, is there anything else you want to add, Matt? No, I think we're, we're right on top of this stuff. We just need our, our fans there, and we need to jump out ahead, and we need to be ahead at the end of this ball game, so we're all feeling really good. Yep, I agree with that. Again, this Sunday, Nissan Stadium, Tennessee Titans taking on the Jacksonville Jags. This game's always fun, guys. You don't want to miss it. For Coach Mack, I'm Titans Amy, and thank you for listening to the Titans Amy and Coach Mack podcast.